Turn around someone this morning and say, you're looking great today. You're looking great. You are. You are. I can't see many of you, but I'm sure you look great this morning. It's nice and sunny today, isn't it? Again, which is great. Guys, if you don't mind just turning the timer on as well, that'd be great, so don't go over time. Thank you. So then, like uh, Pastor Jackie said, it's Father's Day today. Father's Day, and I'm sure, like, like Jackie said, she hit the nail on the head, actually, it does mean different things to different people, doesn't it? So for our family, this weekend has coincided with my birthday. It's actually my birthday tomorrow, okay? And I'm 38 tomorrow, okay? I'm, I'm actually, you know, I, I'm trying to grow a beard at the minute, so maybe it's making me look, look a little bit older than I really am. But there we go. And I'm failing tragically. So all guys in the church that are growing a good beard, well done. Good and faithful servants, because mine is absolutely awful. I'm in, uh, I'm in patchiness at the moment. But yeah, so my dad lives in Sheffield, so he's going to be getting uh, a FaceTime a little bit later on today. But this weekend, um, it made me think, and, and Pastor Jackie hit the nail on the head, we didn't speak to each other before, honestly, but everybody um, has different experiences of, of, of a father, don't they? So uh, some people have got good experiences, have got great fathers, some people haven't had that experience. But let me just reassure you something today, and Jackie's done it as well, that each one of you today, everyone in this room and at home, has a perfect father. And by this, of course, I mean a perfect heavenly father. So our heavenly father shows us men how to be the best dad we can be and really shows all of us how to be the best person, the best parent, the best spouse, the best son, the best daughter, the best friend that we can be. And Luke 15 contains uh, what the Bible calls the parable of the lost son. And it's actually known in, in other terms as the parable of the prodigal son. And I personally feel that that parable really, I think, should be called the parable of the father's love. And that's because it speaks about the heart of the father, which is the heart of our heavenly father. So my message to you today is titled, Connecting to the Father's Love. So before we read this together, I just want to give you a little bit of context. So parables were stories that Jesus used as a way of communicating effectively with everybody that was listening. And it was a way that people could understand. So it was using everyday things that people could relate to, particularly at that time. So in this particular parable, Jesus was extremely, he's clever, but in this part he was extremely clever. So at the beginning of Luke 15, it tells us that the Pharisees and the scribes had grumbling. So they were grumbling because Jesus had spent his time with, with what, what the Pharisees saw as sinners, so tax collectors and people like that, and they weren't happy about that. So Jesus then told them this particular parable. So the Pharisees were desperate to catch him out. So Jesus got his point across in a very clever and a very indirect way. So the definition of prodigal means extravagant, it means lavish, it means unrestrained, and even to the point of what some would consider as being wasteful. 
So as we read this passage, there's, very, very, there's one very, very important thing that I'd like us to do, and that is to watch the Father. Pin your attention on the Father. See his actions, see his reactions. Listen to the Father. Feel his heart break. See, in this particular parable, the spotlight is never off the Father. He's at centre stage. Imagine it's, it's this room. He is in the centre stage right from the very moment that this parable begins. And the two sons in this scenario, in this story, are actually supporting characters. So in the father's actions and reactions, you will find a prodigal father who lavishes love. He lavishes favour on both of his sons and one in particular to bring him home. See, the father threw himself into the extravagance and an unrestrained love for his sons. The father's love had no limits and there were no boundaries to his forgiveness. And the father's joy had no restraint. So I'm a huge football fan, okay? And I was brought up on the terraces of Sheffield Wednesday Stadium. So, and the stadium's called Hillsborough. And believe it or not, guys, for the guys that don't know about football, but Sheffield Wednesday in the 1990s used to be a very good team. They're not now, they're absolutely awful. Um, but there we used to be in the 90s a very good team. And at that time, uh, in the 90s, that every, every fan's favourite player was a guy called Chrissy Waddle. Okay, he's called Chrissy. You've got to be good if you're called Chrissy. Something like Chrissy with a Y on the end. It was Chrissy Waddle. And Chrissy Waddle was an amazing player. He was electric. And he ran up and down that wing on, on the football pitch, causing the other team loads and loads of problems. See, the other thing, special thing about Chris Waddle was that he'd set up other players to score. It wasn't just about him. He played an important role even without the ball, when he didn't have the ball because of his movement. So he used to distract the other players. And it's similar to what I want us to do in this story. Watch the father. I used to sit on them stands in the 1990s and just watch Chrissy Waddleworth didn't have the ball because it was an amazing thing to watch. So in this scenario, his two sons have the ball. The father's sons have the ball, but don't take your eyes off the father. So who's the father in this story that Jesus is hoping you would ask? The father is God and God is a prodigal God. So I want to read the first part of this situation. This, this first part of the situation is, is a situation that the son got himself in. And that's in Luke 15, verse 11 to 19. So Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a different country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of the father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your 
hired servants. So the younger, the younger son, he got himself in a mess, hadn't he? He'd messed up big time. The father had given him his inheritance and he'd gone and absolutely blown it. I think the modern version of this is probably going to Vegas or something like that. He took all his money and then he'd blown it. And Jesus was demonstrating in practical terms here of times when you've turned our backs on God. And I'm sure we can all relate to times when we've made mistakes, haven't we? Everyone in this room has made mistakes and at home and taken the wrong path. And this could be something like abandoning our relationship with God. Maybe we started out with the best of intentions, but then step by step, things started to slip away. And we started acting in a way that didn't please God. See, the thing is that God wants the best for us, so he's given us rules to follow, which will help us to succeed, and it will help us to grow, as well as giving us joy and fulfilment. See, God longs for an active relationship with us. See, I think this parable, even though I was asked to preach on this parable, I think it's, I think it's an amazing parable, and Jesus uses this story really well to illustrate his point. So for me, this is one of the most moving scriptures in the whole of the Bible. And we're going to look at the rest of the story in a minute. And that's where Jesus tells us about the father's reaction and examples three traits of the father's love. So the first trait, incomparable love. Luke 15, verse 20. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was a long, still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. So here in verse 20, there's four things that I'd like to demonstrate which shows the father's love to his sons. But he's also showing Jesus, Jesus is also showing God's love to each one of us all. So number one, the father was looking for him and he had vigilance. So however far away we are from God, and we might be right now, he is right here. He is looking for each one of you today, and he's waiting for you to return. You know, all of our uh, immediate family, we've got Apple devices. I'm not going to get into the, the argument about which Apple and Android, which is the best, but we made the choice of having Apple devices. And then in our family, we've got an app on it called Find My Friend. And what this is, this is a clever app, basically. We've all got our devices, so I've got my phone in my pocket today. And anyone in our family can track where I am based on the device that's in my pocket. So Bethy, she feels very grown up now. She's got an iPad, and she uses that. Her grandparents bought her an iPad, and then she uses it for her homework and YouTube and that kind of a thing. She's eight, and she's well excited and feels grown up. And she's got access to this Find My Friend app. So Jackie and I, we went away to a conference uh, a few weeks ago. First time we'd been away uh, without Beth and, and Nana had stayed at home with Beth, probably since lockdown, I think. And it was a big thing to her. But what we didn't realise on the way home, when we were on the way back, Bethy was going on that app every five minutes and tracking our journey down the M1, coming back home. And when we walked in the house, she was already at the door. We didn't actually give that much time to say what, what time we were getting back. She was already ready and waiting at that door when we'd arrived. And she'd been looking at the app every five minutes. And do you know what? I said to her, why have you been doing that, Beth? 
And she said, Daddy, Mummy, I just missed you so much and I couldn't wait for you to be back. See, your heavenly father is vigilant. Your heavenly father misses you. Your heavenly father is looking out for you. He sees where you are right now and he wants you back. You know, the second thing in this, in this story that the father had was compassion. His sons were always on his heart. Let me tell you something today. There is nothing more important to the father than you. You know, this Father's Day, there'll be many men receiving gifts and cards. Like I said, get, I get double, hopefully. I've not opened them yet. Hopefully I get double cards and double presents because it's my birthday tomorrow. But many people will be getting gifts and cards from people that value them. And that is an expression of love, isn't it? A gift is an expression of love. And for me today, I'm sure when I get home, I'm going to open my card. It's going to be, it's going to have a card. It's going to be best going to write it in it itself saying happy Father's Day. And I absolutely guarantee you tomorrow, I'll be getting, today, later, I'll be going to get a Toblerone. I love Toblerones. Does anybody else like Toblerones or is it just me? No, it's probably just me then. I love Toblerones. I do, I, I do think though they've made them smaller over the years. So either I've got bigger or the Toblerones have got smaller. But I'll get a Toblerone and I'll get that gift from, from my little one. See, God showed how important we are to him by sending his son down to earth to die for your sins. Very, very obvious question here. Do you know what the perfect gift for a dead person is? What's the perfect gift for a dead person? It's life, isn't it? The perfect gift for a dead person is life. See, Romans 6 verse 23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, see, the heavenly the heavenly Father's response to those who choose to follow him is this gift of eternal life. And do you want to walk around this broken world at the moment with the assurance of eternal life? I sure do. See, God's love outlasts this world. It outlasts this building. It outlasts this town. It outlasts this country. It outlasts this planet. I can go on forever. It outlasts, it outlasts the whole thing. The Father's love for us is incomparable. See, the third part was that he was devoted. The son never left the father's thoughts. I remember me and Jackie uh, next month, I'll get that right, next month we've been married uh, 11 years. But I remember when we were first dating, oh, and guys, it felt like a true love story. I think they could make a film about it. We hated spending every moment apart. And we used to see each other at the weekend. So we used to work in the week and then we had a, a weekend together. And all that, all that week, when I, was, sorry, when I was leaving on a Sunday and we were saying goodbye and I was driving, I lived about half an hour drive away. Oh, my heart. My heart was hurting the, all, the whole way home. Honestly, it was. I'll get some brownies points for this, won't I? See, all the week, she, and all the week when I was at work, she would consume my thoughts. I was well and truly devoted to her. I still am, by the way, Okay. Online, you can record this and watch it back. I still am devoted to her. 
But that's, my heart just yearned to be with her the whole time. And do you know what, guys, today? God yearns for you to be with him. He longs for you to turn to him. He longs for you to come back into his presence. God's looking for you. You're always on his heart. You never leave his thoughts. The fourth part in this verse was that the father had the sons as his priority. See, God has you, each one of you, as his priority. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. So you know today, God has your steps all planned out, all ready for you. He's prioritised and loves you that much. He's got it all planned out for you. And the amazing thing about God is he's big enough to have the whole world in his hands, but he's also able to know you and plan your steps by name. Wow. God knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows your troubles. He knows your troubles, you know. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He cares for you. You are so, so important to him. And you know that son in the story did not receive the love of the father because he deserved it, because his life merited it, quite the opposite actually, or because his good life has earned it. The father's love for us is unmerited, it's undeserved, it's unearned, it's extravagant, it's unconditional and it's freely given. You know, the second trait of the Father's love today is inexplicable acceptance. Luke 15, verse 21 to 24, we're going to get to the next part of the the parable now. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. I'm sure you can picture the son as he's, uh, as he's on his way home, has his blown it speech prepared. Um, he probably rehearsed it on the way home. He actually mentioned in the story that he rehearsed it on the way home. And he was probably hoping that that father was heartfelt enough to accept it. Who here has got children um, who have done something wrong and suddenly they become really polite and suddenly they help out with things and you're thinking something's coming here, you've done something, what have you done? See here in verse 22, the father didn't let him get too far in his speech. He wouldn't hear it because his mind, his heart and his compassion were on such a higher level. See, take a, take a note of what he did here. He did a few things. He said, quick. The father had no hesitation. The apology was accepted and it was dealt with, but there were no terms set. There were no penalty. There was no grounding. We like grounding, don't we? There's no chores. There's no punishment. The father's love was quick to accept and approve. He said to bring the best robe and put it on him. And at that time, that was a sign of honour. It showed appreciation and it showed approval. 
So you remember in the Old Testament story with Joseph, he was given his coat, wasn't he, by his father in that passage. And that was a sign of honour to him. He said to put a ring on his finger. See, the signet ring at that time was commonly used for sealing legal documents. So they carried these rings around and they used them to seal in the wax, the legal documents or the ink. And that was a sign of his restored authority. It was signalling that he'd been restored to the position of what he once was. The next thing he said was put sandals on his feet. And this was, this was a recognition that he was not a hired hand because the servants didn't used to wear shoes. So he gave it, to say, gave it to him to say and put them on to say, you're not a servant, you're my son again. He said to bring the fattened calf and kill it. He wanted to have a huge feast and he wanted a celebration. At those times, meat was not a part of the daily diet. So when they got the meat out and they, they gathered together, that was a special occasion and it was a celebration. Maybe it's a little bit like ordering Domino's now. So expensive Domino's, isn't it? Maybe it's like ordering Domino's now. Let's order the Domino's or the fish and chips. Can't get good fish and chips in Northampton. Anyway, that's a separate topic. That's from a northerner, okay. So why did he do all of these things? See, God says there is nothing more important in the world to him than of his child. He was dead. He was dead. But now he's alive. You know, the third trait of the father's love is indescribable forgiveness. So we're going to move to the next part of the parable. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and you never disobeyed your orders. Yet you, gave me even, you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you killed the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. You know, our human journey is sadly marked by disappointment, sadly marked by resentment, is sadly marked by unfulfilled expectations. See, this is, the way, this is the way of the broken world that we live in. And I'm sure everybody in this room and at home has experienced one of those feelings. Maybe Father's Day, like Pastor Jackie said, maybe Father's Day triggers some of those feelings as well. But Jesus shows us in this story and by the life that he lived that it was not the way of the Father. You know, forgiveness, forgiveness could be a hard pro process for us, can't it, sometimes? Let me be transparent with you today. Let me share something from my life. As a Christian, sometimes I struggled with forgiving myself. Anybody else struggle with that? 
You know that you're forgiven by God, even though it doesn't make sense. But I really struggle at times to forgive myself. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? See, when Bethy was born, I was working around the world, so I spent a lot of time working away from home. And as that time came to an end, I had that voice inside of my head saying, you weren't a good father. And I spoke to Jackie about it. Obviously, I spoke to her before we decided that I was going to work away for a while. And she understood. And she said, do you know what? If it's going to give us extra money and it's going to help us out financially so I can spend more time looking after Beth rather than going back to school, then that's absolutely fine. And I nodded my head and I was like, okay, that's fine. But I couldn't get rid of that voice in my head. I couldn't shake it off. I couldn't set myself free from that little voice that spoke to me. And it normally speaks to you, doesn't it, when you're tired? Normally when you're tired, you go to bed and you've got that little voice inside your head. I got rid of it, by the way. It took a while. It does take a while sometimes. But with lots of prayer and people to support me, that voice, that burden went away. The only way that that went away was through Jesus. And this is a word for you, some of you today. You might be carrying that type of burden today. You might be unforgiveness of yourself. It could be unforgiveness of other people. It could be someone that's hurt you in your past. The Father's love can set you free from that today. Forgiveness, forgiveness. It's a big deal, isn't it? To truly know, though, that our failures are not final or fatal, we can be set free from the guilt and condemnation that we put upon and the enemy can put on ourselves. See, the son in this story didn't, like I said, didn't deserve to be forgiven, but he was. And God, who is rich in mercy, forgives us. He doesn't hold anything against us. We are made justified and we are made righteous before him. And Jesus does an amazing job of showing something so important and life-changing in this story. God's forgiveness is full. It's without limits and it's free. And freely we've received it and freely we are to give it away to others in our relationships with other people. Like I said, Forgiveness is a tough one, but it's what God has called us all to do. The amazing thing is that God will give us everything we need to triumph as we seek him in his will and in, with, through our relationships with each other. And the more time that we spend with Jesus, let's be honest, the more time that you spend in church, okay, the more time you spend in church, it's not because church is a building, but it's church because it's a community of believers that are going to love you and strengthen you and encourage you. The more we become like Jesus ourselves. Guess what though? We do hurt each other in, uh, sometimes, even in a church environment, don't we? Because we're human and that's what we can do. We are flawed. We all make mistakes. But forgiveness, forgiveness, is available to all of us, but we've got to ask for it. We can receive what we need, but we've got to go to the Father for it. 
See, the older brother here, in fact, responded to how the religious people, so the Pharisees at that time, would have reacted with judgment and anger to his father's grace and to his father's mercy. He was pretty miffed, wasn't he? You can kind of understand it a little bit, but he was pretty miffed. So he lived in the right way and he wasn't the one who received the party. See, the father takes the older brother aside and he says, listen, everything I have is yours. You're already at the top of my list of priorities. Your brother went away and I thought he had died, but he hadn't. He'd come home. And it's time for us, especially me, to remind him that I love him, that I forgive him, that I accept him back into the family. And in real life, religious people, they would want repentance to be followed with a punishment. Maybe some Hail Marys, controversially I said that, Hail Marys, maybe some extra money in the offering for forgiveness. But not our Father, not our Father at all. Think for a moment about the power of being loved and being accepted by God. To be loved and cared for. To be accepted and not cast out. See, this is not a story of someone being rejected by God because they'd blown it. This is a story of an ever-loving, ever-accepting Father. See, God's reaction to humanity So God's reaction to your sins is not to be mad. You know, Pastor Jason told us last week, and I quote, when people tell you that God is mad with you, I don't agree with that, as that doesn't represent God's character. Now, God hates sin and God is just, but if God was mad with humanity, he wouldn't have sent Jesus to die. So true, isn't it? See, the father in this parable is just like our Heavenly Father. He does not miss the opportunity to prove his love, to prove his acceptance, to prove his forgiveness. And it's genuine, you know, genuine love filled with joy. See, Jesus made it clear that it's meant for everybody in here and at home today. I'd like us to watch a short video Some of you may have seen this before. I'd saw it before, before I watched it, and it still made me cry. So it's a guy called Derek Redmond, and he competed in the Olympics. So the video is going to speak for itself. I'm not going to give an introduction to it. But as you watch it, again, same with the parable, keep the Father in mind. Watch the actions of the Father. Unfortunately, guys at home are watching online. Um, we, we, we can't stream that video because of copyright reasons, but um, our online pastor is going to post the, the link to the video at the end of the service. But if we can just watch it together. Thank you, guys. It's a tearjerker, that one, isn't it? <laughs> but what an amazing demonstration, eh? The Father's love and also our Heavenly Father loves us. You might be in this room, you might be sat at home and you need to experience the forgiveness and love that only our Heavenly Father can bring. You might have been once in a relationship with Him and you've turned away or in the process of doing that. And I want you to know today that just like that prodigal son, however far you are away, God is watching you He longs for you to get back up. 
He longs for you to turn to Him for forgiveness. To remove that pain of your guilt, to remove that pain of your shame and help you over that finish line. To bring you back into His family. And the best thing, receive eternal life. So I'm going to say a prayer right now. And church, if you can just help me with this response. It'd be great if we could say it all together to support those who've made a decision to do so. So church, if you can just repeat after me, that would be great. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. In your name, Amen. And today I also want to pray for those who are carrying the unforgiveness that I mentioned in your hearts. It may be unforgiveness of other people or of yourself. See, God wants you to be set free from that today. Let me just pray for you. God, we pray for those people who carry hurt, who carry unforgiveness in their hearts. We know, God, that you are a God of restoration. Help for their hearts to be healed and for their minds to be free. If you prayed that prayer to turn back to God today, you've made the greatest decision of your life. There's going to be more than the meat coming out. Trust me. There's going to be angels having a party. And we'd love to help you with that, help you on that journey. So after, after the service, if you want to head down to the cafe, we've got a small gift to give you and help you along the way or even follow up with you in the week. God's love is amazing, eh? God's love is amazing. And I want us to sing a song right now called Good, Good Father, which proclaims the goodness of God.